Greg Popovich. Played very well tonight. Great team defense. Did a good job. Kobe Bryant. Kobe will get it for the win. Got it! Did it! He is hard to believe. Michael Jordan. Michael double teamed on the drive in for the left. Gets chased into the corner. Comes right back. Through the foul. Wow. Basketball is hood. You are stuck. Welcome to Under the Hood Basketball. Reggie Miller, yo fuck. MJ55, yo fuck. 61, yo fuck. With Jonathan Hood. It's the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast brought to you by DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook. Basketball is hood. I am Jay Hood. It is an emergency podcast because it's one of the most newsworthy days in the NBA season. Uh, it's just... The afternoon on a Wednesday, June 16th, and you just think, oh, we're just waiting for the two games to happen, right? We're just waiting for the playoffs to happen uh, with Atlanta and Philadelphia and the Clippers and Utah. Just waiting for the games, right? Now, all this news broke all today, and we need to talk about it. I, I got my guy, Sean Davis. I brought him in. I haven't. I miss Sean. Sean, I just had to bring you in, man, just so you can just listen to the litany of stuff that we got to talk about today. It's crazy, right? Man, I mean, so here we go. We'll start here with the firings. So Stan Van Gundy was let go today by the New Orleans Pelicans. And there's two things that Stan Van Gundy is known for, defense and discipline. And when I found out that Stan Van Gundy, first of all, was going to be the head coach of the Pelicans, I go, well, this won't be long. And this is no shot at Stan, but I believe the game has passed him by as far as exactly what he wants. Look, it's a player's league. It doesn't mean that you have to lay down as a head coach and just do whatever uh, a team wants, but you have to be able to have some kind of communication to say, hey, you know what? You're not going to stop every basket, and you don't have to motivate everybody 1 through 12, every, 1 through 13. You motivate as a team. You don't have to motivate individually. And so defense plus discipline equals disconnect for some of these players. Now, here it is with David Griffin as a general manager. I did shows with David on Sirius XM NBA Radio. I do that from time to time away from my duties at ESPN 1000. And I did shows with David when he was between jobs. Remember, he was with Cleveland. And he gets his job in New Orleans. And it's funny. We talked about potential head coaching, um, you know, head coaching searches and potential new head coaches, young head coaches, uh, assistants or college coaches that can make that transition to the pros. Never did I thought that David would take Stan Van Gundy as his first coach as he goes back into the league. See, here's the thing about A to B coaches. If you've seen the resume, right, it's very clear. You and I know the resume of Stan Van Gundy. We know that coming off of being the president of basketball operations and the head coach, it didn't work for him when he was at Detroit. And he gets the job in New Orleans. He is going to coach one of the brightest stars in the league in Zion Williamson. And just like that, he's fired. And so this will be now the third head coach in three seasons for Zion Williamson. Hey, we have seen examples of superstars or star players having to deal with a litany, a number of head coaches. But this is the third coach in three seasons for Zion Williamson. It's like, okay, so you know what that means? Zion's out of there. You know, when this contract's always like, he's looking around like, first of all, I'm in this market. And no shot at New Orleans. I love New Orleans, Louisiana. But it, it, it takes something for this Pelicans team to be one of the top teams in the West. And it's going to be multiple superstars. you got to talk to multiple superstars into playing in New Orleans and living there. 
And look, AD did that with Anthony Davis did that for a while. Zion's going to do that, but Zion's leaving too. You cannot have turnover with the head coach in the organization over and over again and think that stars are going to stay. So Stan Van Gundy's fired. That should be the last stop now for Stan. Okay, Stan's coached a, a long time in the NBA. That's enough. Give young coaches or give women the opportunity to be able to be in these spots. Here's another one. How about what's going on with Scott Brooks? Scott Brooks spent a lot of time with the Washington Wizards, and now he was let go today. Same day. Uh, I, that, I found that interesting because I didn't see that coming. I didn't see, think that was going to happen this year. Scott Brooks just had uh, Russell Westbrook, and it was a nice ride to watch you know, watching Westbrook uh, and his triple doubles. I mean, that was fun to watch to be able to see that. And Scott Brooks dealt with a lot of COVID issues on his team and a team that wasn't ready to win necessarily. I like Bradley Beal and I like uh, Russell Westbrook together, but you know that that's not the long-term plan. You remember this also was the Wall-Beal combination that, that also had a ceiling to their success because of Giannis, because of other teams in the East. The, the Wizards just wasn't going to get there. And, and so what happened with Scott Brooks is Scott Brooks – was never going to have that same uh, type of winning and the same type of team that he had with Oklahoma, with Oklahoma City or other places that he's been. It just wasn't going to work out. My guy, Amin El Hassan, uh, was talking about this on SiriusXM NBA radio this morning, talking about the parting of the ways uh, with the Wizards and Scott Brooks. Wanted Scott Brooks to be their coach. Scott Brooks wanted to coach the Wizards. So it wasn't a hey, we weren't really happy with your what you did the last couple of years, or ah, you know what, I can do better. It was only one thing to my mind: money or years, which pretty much means money also. So uh, you know, I, I it, these things are always. I mean, we rarely get to this point. That's I think that's something that's important to point out. Usually, you get as a coach is going through his contract, he gets an extension. We never let it get to free agency, really. So this is a little bit rare, but you know, if, if I had to point to one thing, I would say that the Wizards. So the thoughts there from Amin El Hassan on uh, SiriusXM uh, NBA Radio. Yeah, it's it's money or it's years or just the disconnect between the front office and Scott Brooks. How about this one? I didn't expect this either. So out of nowhere, Donnie Nelson is out after 24 years as a Mavericks GM and executive. Okay, so where did this come from? Well, I think I know where this comes from. I don't know if you saw this story. We did not talk about this in the previous podcast, you know, the Hood Basketball Podcast, uh, but we talked about uh, Mark Cuban. Mark Cuban, the owner of the Mavericks, talked about um, a story that was written in TheAthletic.com on Monday. And there was some question marks about Bob Volgaris. Now, Bob Volgaris is an executive with the Dallas Mavericks. And the seeming inability to build a championship contending team uh, is, has been actually an issue since the Mavericks won the championship with Dirk. So, so here's the story from The Athletic. The Athletic is talking about how Bob Velgaris is kind of like a secret GM, like a shadow GM. And, of course, Mark Cuban says that's complete BS. The story was that Bob Velgaris has been the most influential voice in the Mavericks front office since being hired initiating transactions, dictating rotations, and even frustrating Luka Doncic. 
Uh, there are internal fears and how that can affect Luka's future. Talking about Luka Doncic. Luka Doncic is one of the bright stars of the NBA for sure. But Bob Algaris, a guy that has been hiding in the shadows, according to Athletic.com, and Mark Cuban immediately said, total bullshit. That was his response on Twitter. It's like, that story doesn't mean anything. Mark Cuban says that the writer that wrote the story says, uh, this is why the writer did not reach out to me till just before the opinion piece was published. And I never spoke to him till after it was posted. I conveyed the facts uh, to him then. So... The story, if you read it on theathletic.com, talks about how Valgaris, who was a prominent sports gambler, uh, had a grating personality, according to those around the Mavericks, and said that he has a a strained relationship with Doncic. There was an incident during a game in February where Valgaris just left in the middle of the game, and like apparently Luca was not happy with that. Didn't, was not happy that he just kind of left in the middle of the game. He's thinking if you're a front office person, you should be there from the beginning to the end. But there's a disconnect between Luca and Volgaris. And then all of a sudden, Donnie Nelson is out after 24 years. So who's the GM for the Dallas Mavericks? This story comes out on Monday. Mark Cuban says it's total bullshit. And then all of a sudden, Donnie Nelson leaves. Oh... <laughs> so, I mean, it, here, here's the thing about the Mavericks. You know, they've been around for a long time uh, with their, you know, as, as far as an organization that people admire because there's usually no controversy with the Mavericks. You know, the seamless transition between Dirk Nowitzki and Luka Doncic and all of a sudden front office tumult issues as Donnie Nelson leaves the organization. So is Volgaris actually the GM or are they going to hire a GM? Interesting story there. We'll keep our eyes on that. An organization you hear nothing about as far as controversy. And then now this happens. Interesting story there. So LeBron James was right. LeBron James, of course, is not in the playoffs because the Lakers got knocked out. But here's what I talked about here on the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast. You guys heard me say this. I've said this on the radio show with Cap as well. And that is that the NBA rushed back quickly. They, they rushed back quickly because they want to get that Christmas TV money. That's what they want to do because during, even during the pandemic, they said, well, if the NFL is back with their, uh, their NFL games on Thanksgiving, we need to have our money in place uh, for Christmas. And as, if you're an NBA fan listening to this podcast, you know how important Christmas is. If no one's paying attention to opening night, people pay attention because the NBA is on all day during Christmas. And so... The NBA rushes back, and they rush back, and we see ragged play in the regular season. I'm a pro-NBA fan and have been for a long time, but I know that what we saw in the regular season was not great. It, it, it was not great. It was a pretty average to below-average basketball because some of the players were not in it. And then, of course, on top of that, injuries. And, of course, players that were resting and wanted to make sure that they were okay. And that way, if they skip a game in Dallas, skip a game in New Orleans or Minneapolis, it didn't matter because they need to have the load management. They want to make sure they were ready and geared for the playoffs. Now look at the playoffs. It's as wide open as we've seen in a long time. And it starts with Kawhi Leonard. He has a right knee injury. And I was just looking at the highlight here in front of me against the Utah Jazz where he was coming across the timeline. And you could see him just hold his, kind of hold his knee. He was kind of limping into the front court and then went out of bounds. So the right knee injury, 
he's going to be out for the Clippers, as far as I can tell from stories from um, Adrian Wojnarowski and Sham Sharania. It looks as if that he's going to be out possibly for this series with that right knee injury. And, of course, the cherry on the Sunday is Chris Paul. I, I couldn't say enough great things about Chris Paul as a player, as a guy that has helped this Suns team. Uh, it's a team that I've admired all the, since the bubble last year. Uh, they were undefeated in the bubble uh, with Booker and Monty Williams. Chris Paul's added to the team, and they're one of the top teams in the West. They're going to be in the Western Conference Finals. But then the story comes across about Chris Paul, and that came from Woj earlier today as well. Phoenix Suns point guard Chris Paul has entered the NBA's health and safety protocols and is out indefinitely, jeopardizing the star's availability for the Western Conference Finals. Uh, the NBA rules for coronavirus-related uh, isolation periods have evolved throughout the season in correlation with increasing vaccine numbers. If Paul is already vaccinated against COVID-19, he could be facing a shorter absence from the Suns. It, it's, it sucks for him because in moments like this, in the playoffs, usually it's because of injury because he's fallen short of trying to stay healthy to help teams that he's been a part of. And the Suns story is great. But then we come to find out the COVID-19. So uh, Matt Barnes was on the jump with Rachel Nichols and also with my guy Mark Spears. And they were talking about what is going on with um, Chris Paul and what Matt Barnes knows uh, because he had a conversation with him earlier today. Welcome back to the jump. I just want to dig in a little bit more on Chris Paul because, Matt, you spoke to him this morning. What did he tell you? Uh, it was a brief conversation. I was actually heading to the gym. I just wanted to reach out and send him some love and just see if everything I was hearing was true. And it was just, um, you know, I can sense the frustration on his part. You know, he's like, Maddie, all I do is go to the games, go to the gym, and go right. home. You know, Chris is someone who sticks to the book and, and does what he's supposed to do. It's unfortunate this happened, you know, considering he's – vaccinated you know so it's just and he told you he was vaccinated. yeah real life things happening in sports that we kind of get to just watch you know for the world to see so with all the bad luck he's had with injuries he finally overcame an injury in the first game of this playoffs and has been absolutely amazing uh has this young team that didn't make the playoffs in the western conference finals and for him to have to miss any time right now just my heart goes out to him and mark let's go through what happens next right yeah This is for any player in the NBA. If they test positive for COVID, they then go into quarantine. And what happens is they have to either go through 10 days of quarantine or if they can produce two negative tests within 24 hours, they then leave quarantine. But the next step is they go into cardiac testing. And because you have to have two cardiac tests a certain amount of time apart from each other, that is usually a two-day process. Now, could he finish his second test and then play later that day? That kind of just depends on the logistics of timing. But we have to remember that's an extra thing. After he gets out of quarantine, the Western Conference Finals would start maybe this Sunday if the Clippers Jazz Series ends in six, or they would start Tuesday if that other series goes to seven. What do you think it is going to be like for the Suns, Mark, to go forward where they, forever long, how long they have to without their star and their captain on the court? Well, the silver lining is a key thing that Matt said, the fact that Chris has been vaccinated. And what I keep getting told by the NBA, and, and you mentioned it as well, Rachel, is that if you are vaccinated, there's an easier route to get back to the court. Well, I, want to, I just want to clarify for everyone out there. The rules are the same. It's not like yeah. there's a different set of rules for vaccinated people, but just the science is that players or people, anyone who is vaccinated, the point of the vaccine is that you're not as likely to get COVID. If you do get it, you have a much more mild case. And so you can pass those markers. It's the same markers, but that you can pass them more. Yeah. But isn't you- ironic, too, that the, 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 the arenas are back to full capacity yeah. and now Chris Paul has to sit out? 
because of this and, and stay isolated. Just the, you know, it, it's very ironic and unfortunate for him. So I'm hoping now that this selfishly, I hope this Clipper Jazz series goes seven games, giving him as many days possible to be ready for game one because these guys have worked so hard and not to have your leader for one game can be detrimental. What do you think that Monty Williams can do to get this Suns team ready if they do have to play a game or two or more without him? I'm going to make a call to the league office and, and change some rules for Chris. <laughs> <laughs> that's so that's not going to happen, but sure, keep going. <laughs> now, it's just going to be tough. I mean, obviously, you know, you have the mentality in the league is next man's up, but that's always easier said than done. You see Kawhi's going to have to miss some time. That's going to be tough. Um, but for this team, he is so much more than just the point guard out there. You know, he's almost a father figure to these young players and an extension of Monty Williams on the floor. So Chris has, has had such a great season, uh, a great run in this playoffs, and you would just hate to have him miss time for anything at this point. The Suns do have some depth in point guard. I think Cameron Payne's played really, really well, but he ain't Chris Paul. No. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he, he, he ain't Chris Paul. And even when Chris was out there not 100% and his numbers were low, it's still having that calming presence amongst them, knowing that you have your floor general and your leader out there, similar to what James Harden did yeah. for the Nets last night. Was He didn't. He obviously wasn't himself, but it's a calming presence when your best players are out there still being able to control the game without having to actually affect it with statistics. And, they, and this isn't just an injury where... You can still hear Chris's voice, voice on the side. He's around. No, not is, there. Yep, that is a really significant point. Well, Devin Booker has been sensational in these playoffs. Devin so the thoughts there on the jump earlier today with Matt Barnes and also uh, Mark Spears and Rachel Nichols breaking that down. Yeah, so <clears throat> I just wonder when that test took place. You know, the last time we saw Chris Paul, he was hugging his family and friends. He was, you know, going over the the rails uh, in the seating area at the ball arena in Denver. And so I don't know when that happened, but you know, you heard from uh, Matt Barnes. who got a chance to talk to Chris Paul. Hopefully he will be available for the Western conference finals. Uh, it's not like I'm, I'm rooting for the Suns to win the championship or anything, but I just like the story of Chris Paul. If he can stay healthy, all NBA first team uh, came out yesterday when I was working on NBA radio uh, with Mitch Lawrence yesterday. It came out while we were on the air, and it went like this. All, all NBA first team, okay? Which team would you rather have? Team A that I'm going to give you right now, Steph Curry, Luka Doncic, Giannis Antetokounmpo. We'll talk about him in a minute. Uh, Kawhi Leonard and Nikola Jokic, okay? Curry, Doncic, Antetokounmpo, uh, Leonard, and uh, Jokic. All NBA second team, Dame Lillard, Chris Paul, Julius Randle, LeBron James, and Joel Embiid. I know LeBron's pissed about being all NBA second team. Pissed. I know he'll use that as motivation, knowing him, because he's, he's already talking a lot uh, on social media. All, uh, all NBA third team is Bradley Beal, Kyrie Irving, Jimmy Butler, Paul George, and Rudy Gobert. And the all defensive first team, I'll just give you the first team, Ben Simmons, Drew Holiday, uh, Draymond Green, Rudy Gobert, and Giannis Antetokounmpo. Don't forget to go to DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook. It's America's top-rated sportsbook for a reason. Uh, it's, that's, they sponsored this podcast, and if you're into sports betting for any sport, including the NBA playoffs, make sure you check uh, DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook. All right, so get, let me since I mentioned uh, Giannis as all-defensive first team, let's talk about him just for a second, uh, and because... From last night's game, the Bucks they lose to the Nets. And just the storylines are just eye-popping what happened last night. I am just floored that the Bucks had such a lead with James Harden not being 100% and Giannis Antetokounmpo out there full you know, he, he's in full strength. He's got a number of players that can hurt you on that team. Not just the stars, the reserves on that Bucks team too. And somehow some way 
the Bucks took that game off yesterday. I, I was floored by that. When you see the Nets and you know that Kevin Durant had to be all world, right? Um, if you watch the game, that's one thing. But there's also a separate feed for NBA personnel to see. The feed that I saw was someone uh, like Kevin Durant going up to Steve Nash and saying, I'm good. Uh, and says, and Steve's like, you know, don't you want to take a breather? You want to just, you know, maybe take. No. He played all 48 minutes. Is one of the greatest performances that we've seen in the NBA playoffs. Now, being a prisoner of the moment, Kevin Durant is just that dude. He is a special talent. Uh, many people confuse and try to look at his personality, being a brooding athlete, uh, always going after the eggs on social media, uh, maybe wearing the black hat. I don't care about that. What I care about is that this guy is a special player, and no question he's a special player. And so watching him just take apart the, the Bucks is amazing. And Mike Budenhoser, it's him and also his personnel and the way he has his system. It's so, it is amazingly so um, uh, repetitive. It is predictable when I watch this team. I know exactly what they're going to run. And guess what the Nets do too? The storyline going in was, is that James Hart wasn't going to be 100%. He went from out to doubtful to maybe, to maybe not. And then he ends up, uh, being in the game. He was a guy that could not get it done defensively. He tried to stay in front of his man. He could not score because he didn't have the lift because of that bad hamstring. And so I'm watching the game. I'm like, well, you know, because Harden is just trying to find a rhythm, maybe this is not going to work out for the Nets. And it was Kevin Durant that put the team on his back. And then you were able to see Jeff Green, the veteran, knock down three after three. A guy that's on a one-year contract over the last four or five years. Yeah, that guy can't stick on a team more than a year. That was crazy, the way he was able to perform yesterday knocking down threes. So that was great for, for Jeff Green. But when it comes to the, to the Bucks, embarrassing. Embarrassing because you had a chance to be able to knock this team out with really just one-and-a-half players, one-and-a-half stars. Because Durant, okay, you're not going to stop him. Great. What about James Harden? What about making sure that that guy's in foul trouble, that you're trying to test that hamstring? Now, shout out to him, too, because Harden was out there for 46 minutes, and he beat them, too. It's just what it is, from my standpoint, is is that it's clear that we look at the Bucks and we say, you know, this team should be the best in the Eastern Conference, but they're just not because they just don't have it in them. There's a number of veteran players, but also young players, and he just they have not meshed properly in the playoffs. Not enough for me to believe that they can win this thing now. I thought that they would be far along ahead this year to say, okay, they're going to put it together this year, and you see what's happened, right? It's not about the big three because Irving's not even going to play the next game. It's not even about Kyrie. It's about Kevin Durant being that guy, being that, uh, being such a difference maker for that Nets team. And so he played all 48 minutes. And But for the, from Giannis' standpoint, you're a two-time MVP. And, dude, you dribble the, the, the basketball. You lose the handle of the basketball late in the game. It goes out of bounds on a pass from Middleton. Uh, you, you shoot from three when that's really something that you are not accustomed to. You don't shoot well from the outside. Uh, you don't get to the foul line. And when you get to the foul line, you don't hit your foul shots. And then on top of that, James Harden, who has one leg out there, moves the defense back, says, no, I'll just take Giannis in the baseline. And ba- instead of Giannis attacking and going to the basket, he is – if you want to build a basketball player, it would look like Giannis. And the the notion that he, Giannis, takes a fallaway jumper over a guy with one leg tells me all I need to know. Dude. 
you're not going to run through a guy with one leg. You're just going to fall away jumper like you're Kevin Durant. That's all, that's all I need to know. This also is a, a really bad omen for the, for the uh, Bucks too. When you have Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, you remember him, right? He was with the Bucks. He left after the championship with the Bucks. was like, nah, I'm not going to stay here. When you have a guy that um, Bucks fans still feel good about, even though you know, Abdul-Jabbar was famous as a Laker, remember he was a Buck first, he was asked in the jump, Kareem, can the Bucks get this done? Do you think that this Bucks team, the way it is now, do you think that this team is capable of winning a title? No, I don't. I, you know, KD would kill those guys, man. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Because he, you know, he, know, know you he, he finds the open guy. He, you know, he, he he could do that by himself. He, they they got to do a better job. Of, you know, the, the whole team has to play differently so that KD, one guy, can't just dominate like that. Well, they'll have one more one more shot at it, and we'll see what they can do. In- ah, Kareem says no. <laughs> when Kareem doesn't believe in you, you're an old buck. When Kareem doesn't believe in you, that's all you need to know. So what a crazy day. We have Scott Brooks and the Wizards parting ways. We have Donnie Nelson and the Mavericks parting ways. We have uh, Stan Van Gundy out as Pelicans coach. We have Chris Paul with COVID. We have Kawhi Leonard with an ACL injury. And last but not least, LaMelo Ball becomes Rookie of the Year. And congratulations to him because he had an outstanding year, especially when he was healthy. What a day in the NBA. One of the craziest days in the NBA. Just on a random Wednesday, we get all this news. So we'll keep our eyes on the NBA playoffs as well, my friends. And don't forget, uh, check out the archives of the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast brought to you by DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook. Uh, also, you can um, look for me on Spotify. Look for Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood on Spotify. There are certain elements of NBA conversation that might be on Spotify that won't be anywhere else. So check it out. Under the Hood with Bas- Under the Hood Basketball Podcast brought to you by DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook. And uh, boy, I, basketball is hood. I cannot wait for or, uh, on Wednesday night, we got Atlanta and Philly. That series is tied at two, and now the Clippers. The Clippers with playoff P. It's going to be Paul George uh, by himself. He's got teammates, but re- ultimately the biggest star on the Clippers against an angry Utah Jazz bunch. Both series are tied at two. I think that's going to be a lot of fun to watch. I'm Jonathan Hood. Don't forget to catch me with David Kaplan mornings between 7 and 10 a.m. Central Time on ESPN 1000 and also download that ESPN Chicago app. We'll talk again. There's more NBA to talk about during these playoffs, and you never know when someone else is going to get fired. I'm Jonathan Hood. Thanks for listening to the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast.